Okay, so we've been on Hiatus for uh, a little while now, and uh, it was pretty hard to come back from that. But it's Hiatus. Exactly, it's Hiatus. I think that's one um, of the new Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> we. I'm pretty sure we've all forgotten how to do a podcast at this point, but we're going to do it anyway, because now that we've started, there's just no point in trying to stop. So, it's a Concast, and we're recording it again today. Woo! With me today, uh, again from Games Bucket. Is that still on Hiatus? Wait, did we start? Yeah. He didn't tell us. (laughs) He did the introduction. He did tell us. (laughs) Anyway, answer my question. (laughs) Yeah, it's still on Hiatus. Oh, okay. This is Neil. But he's still from Games Bucket, and it's sure. still Neil. Welcome back, Neil. Thank You're you. Also, he's also from Con. I was originally from Con. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you may have heard, uh, apparently from a cell phone in Croatia, we've got Laz. <laughs> the cell phone from Hungary, thank you. <laughs> is that further? Uh, it, no, it's, it's, it's maybe slightly closer. If, if you're talking about the Eastern Coast of the United States. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... That's where I am, so that's actually the only place it counts. America! West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us is uh, DP. Jeffrey. Yay. Je- Jeffrey Penalty. Jeffrey. This is the episode where Neil trolls the episode. Yes, just like AKA the other episode one. that Neil was on. Episode. Also, you're usually trolling the episodes despite the fact that you're not on them. So. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. From chat. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to talk first about what they're doing right now? I am cutting up a fake mustache into two pieces so I can use it as fake eyebrows. Efficient. It's like it's like recycling. You know, I really don't even know how to respond to that because a you could actually be doing that. I am. Put it past you. You can't. can't but it also seems like something that you could easily do in Animal Crossing. <laughs> That's which. I, I know you're still playing religiously, despite the fact that you were blaring uh, theatrhythm into our ears when we first got together earlier. Yeah, it's true. Um, but no, Animal Crossing is still my number one right now. Um, it's nearing the end of August. I have all the bugs and fish that I can get at this point. And really, I just kind of wander around my town and talk to people now. <laughs> and then mock your significant other when you are able to sell things for a greater profit than he is? Oh, yes, all the time. Excellent. That was fun. <laughs> also, uh, Saints Row 4 came out yesterday, so I have that. I've played the first two hours or so. It is excellent. I plan on playing more this afternoon. That's because you bought the uh, million-dollar pack on that, right? Yeah, but I delayed my uh, my Virgin Galactic flight until next year. I, I'm picturing that uh, Lamborghini Gallardo parked outside at the curb of your apartment. <laughs> That's, that's the kind of thing you park outside. That would last for a really long time. <laughs> the streets of Chicago. How about you, DP? Are you uh, playing anything these days? Well, I've been all over the place in the last week, basically. I'm, I'm just moving back in uh, to school now, so I haven't really played anything in the last uh, few days, but I was playing Tales of Graces with my uh, oh. with my brother over breaks. So that was... That was pretty fun. And then the guys I'm rooming with next year, we're going to uh, do four-player for uh, for Tales of Zillia uh, once they move in, which... Uh, I just heard the guys next door are going to do four-play. Uh, I'm sorry, but I have to interrupt for a second to talk about the text that I just got from Neil, in which he is, in fact, wearing two halves of a fake mustache as fake eyebrows. Good. Confirmation. <laughs> I... I... 
Okay, um, Laz, <laughs> what are you playing? <laughs> uh, I just two nights ago I finished DuckTales Remastered. Nice. Ah, oh, well, Talk there's a game that. that's made, a, now, made an appearance in a previous concast. Yeah, so how was it? Um, all right. It uh, from an audio and visual standpoint, it's great. From a nostalgia for the show standpoint, it's great. But from a two-button platformer from 1989 standpoint, <laughs> it's still that. But what about, <laughs> I mean, but what about it, the theme song standpoint, Laszlo? That's, that's the, the most... The theme song standpoint, it, I was grinning like an idiot and just kept it on the title screen for like four <laughs> minutes. Perfect. It was and great. The, um, the, 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 mu- the music remixes are good. The stages are expanded and made more interesting. They added a new intro stage and a new boss, final boss stage, and they made the bosses way more challenging. But man, it, it really drags since there's like there's like 10 to 15 20 second sound bites in each stage, make everything seem a lot more sluggish. But uh, it, but it's still the same, you know. Bounce around on your pogo stick, uh, Ducktales game that we love, and the boss, but the boss fights are way better. Which uh, I appreciated. So if you really like the show and really like that game, it's probably worth it. If not, then step away. It's good that they kind of upped up the boss fights because the final boss in that game was like, climb this rope faster than a bird can fly. Yeah, no, they made that super hard. It's it's a race through uh, um, a volcano that's some stupid duck pun, like Duckatoa or something, I forget. Perfect. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> Quackatoa. Nothing. I mean, it's Quackatoa. I, I, oh, I think it was that. Yeah, but that's it was perfect. And uh, yeah, the the bosses are way harder. I think I I think I died and lost all my lives on every single boss ex- at least once. So Damn. yeah, it was they they were much more complicated than I was used to. But it's uh, they there's a lot more collectible. There's a gallery of stuff to unlock. There's a lot of stuff for fans. And a lot of good nostalgia, but it's still a two-button platformer that some people will find frustrating or boring. So you probably already know whether you like whether you will like this game or not. And I like it. So it's a Capcom game. Yes. And I mean, I'm a Capcom slut, so I was all about it. <laughs> well, I think that you, just Josh? leaves me. Uh, <laughs> so being that I have very little time to play games and I'm super cheap. I like to download the games that uh, Microsoft is giving away free to Xbox Gold users. And last month, that was Assassin's Creed 2. I've never actually played an Assassin's Creed game, and I'd always wanted to. That's the one in, in Italy, yeah? Renaissance uh, Italy? I think the first two are in Italy, are they not? No, the no, first, the, the the first one is in, is in the Middle East, in like Jerusalem and Damascus, and then the second, third, and fourth one are in Italy. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, anyway, yes, this is the first one that's in Italy. Then. The third one's and, in Italy? Uh, yeah, but, um, well, Brotherhood, Brotherhood and Revelations are in Italy. But then, yeah, he but, yeah. Baz is talking about chronologically, not the ones that actually get numbers. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, so far, I can see how it influenced games like um, Batman. Sure. Uh, I really, I can feel a lot of that in Assassin's Creed, but uh, it's really enjoyable. Um, yeah. It took me a long time to kind of get used to the mechanics of the free running. Uh, there's a mission at the beginning where it's like training you to do the parkour type stuff, and um, it's a race against your brother, and it took me about 15 times to get it right. Parkour. But uh, <laughs> hardcore parkour. 
but yeah, it's. I was telling Laz earlier today. It it's like a video game version of a Dan Brown novel. Yeah. Where it's kind of like, okay, there's yep. so many liberties being taken with historical yep. fact here, but yep. it's so highly entertaining to see that it's worth playing through. I I've only played the first one. I played the start of the second one, and I I don't know for whatever reason I just wasn't in that mood at the time. But yeah, I really enjoyed the first one a lot. So yeah, that's. Apparently, they are actually going to end the series at some point. Do you guys see that see that news story? Oh yeah, they have a, an ending planned for uh, yes. what's his name in the present day. Mm-hmm. Cole, and, and, oh, and I think it's going to keep running through uh, historical periods until they get to that ending. Yeah. <laughs> the next next one is Pirates the of the is... Caribbean: Assassin's Creed Edition. It's interesting that you uh, mentioned that they both have an ending in mind, but they have no plans to actually reach that ending. Because that puts us right into our topic for today. It does. Hey, am, yes, I, am I still on a cell phone? I am on top of my game right now. What, Laz? Am I still on a cell phone in Hungary? Yes. Yeah. Laz, there might be Hungarians listening to this podcast, so we're going to try to not. There might be people listening to this podcast. <laughs> there might be. There <laughs> might well be. Neil, stop texting me! <laughs> No guarantees. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> but the last one is the best one. I, I refuse to look at it right now because I'm trying to segue into our topic for today. <laughs> Segway. Our topic for today is we're all going to talk about games that A, could desperately use a sequel, and B, could desperately not use a sequel ever, ever again. Um, we're not going to limit it just to Squeenix games, though. <laughs> you probably could come up with a couple good examples just based on that alone. Uh, but we're going to just throw it out there and see where we end up. So, do we have any volunteers on going first? Jeffrey will go first. What? What? Jeffrey's going first! No! Congratulations, Jeffrey. <sighs> the hive mind has spoken. Fine. Um... Let's see here. So, for the game, I guess that I would really like to see a remake of. Uh, this won't come as a surprise to anyone who reads anything that I post in the forum, so maybe it will be a surprise to everyone. Nobody said remake. Uh, not a remake, I'm sorry. Sequel That's a, a, a or follow sequel. up. Sorry, I meant to say sequel. Um, is a sequel to uh, Vagrant Story. Uh, Vagrant Story was a, a Squaresoft game uh, for the PlayStation, for anyone who hasn't played it. Um, it had a really involved plot that you sort of uh, sort of gradually fill up, figure out what all is, is involved. It's sort of a political plot. Uh, it's also kind of a dungeon crawler with um, with a lot of uh, weapon and armor customization. Um, <clears throat> anyhow, it's I thought the plot was really well done, and uh, I really enjoy that game. It's one of the ones that has uh, really good, uh, really well done new game pluses as well. So like the second time, there are certain things you can do. Uh, but then there's also different things that you can only do the third time, and you can't possibly get the best weaponry until like the second, well, until basically the third try too. So there's always sort of new stuff, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a really well done game, and it kind of ends on not exactly a cliffhanger, but still kind of a there's there's sort of an open ending basically where they could very easily stretch into some new plot. Uh, it's technically set in uh, Evilise as well uh, with tactics and. Final Fantasy XII, so I don't know. I I would love a sequel to that game, and I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't think any of you guys have played it. Am I correct there? I started I, to play it. I okay. also started to play it. 
I have not touched it, but it's weird. The more you describe it, the more it kind of sounds like a more medieval-y version of the first Parasite yeah, Eve. Yeah, yes. I, I got that vibe from it, too, but it's... It I is. Think it's, that's how it's, I felt about it after I played... I played it before Parasite Eve, but that's how I felt about Parasite Eve, I guess, after I played it. Every time I see it mentioned on a website, they're usually calling it a cult hit or something like that, so that's why I described it in such detail. But, uh, yeah, I would really love a sequel to that. I think it makes sense that it's it's you know, considered a cult hitch because it really was difficult to get in like that. Um, I know I tried to play it and I got past the first boss or so. And then I think there was something I was fundamentally missing about how the game worked <laughs> because after that, literally every attack I was doing was doing one damage and I was just dying constantly and I couldn't get anywhere around there and I couldn't figure out what it was I was actually doing wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. The same thing actually happened to me. I didn't realize that you're supposed to be doing chain combos, where you basically have to press the next attack button at the proper time in the strike in order for it to happen. So yeah. you end up with, like, the first attack does one, but then the next one does five, and then you get basically increments like that. So Gotcha. I like how I said that uh, we weren't necessarily going to uh, stick to Squeenix in this, and then DP immediately threw out a Squeenix game. <laughs> I, I, I can't help it. I've always, uh, I mean, I've always said it's the one that I'd really like, uh, yeah, that I'd most like to see uh, redone. No, I, I, I appreciate it, because, you know, now we're actually a Squeenix podcast again. Yay! Yeah, we, we nailed it on that one. <laughs> well done. You picked a great person to start with, guys. <laughs> that was probably your criteria. <laughs> Yes, DP's not imaginative. He'll come up with something easy. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. We all know how that works. Um, I don't know. Do you guys want to talk about what what your uh, what sequels you'd like to see, or sh- or should I say the one I don't want to see? I want to see what Laz has to say about sequels. All right. Yay. Um, I guess the game I picked is also a cult hit from the early two thousands. I. I would love to see a sequel to Skies of Arcadia for the Dreamcast. Yeah. I it's an RPG about sky pirates searching for ancient ruins and discovering new islands and stuff all on magical sky ships and it's awesome. The game was great. Yeah, yeah it really was. There's one flaw in that game. Well, I mean, too many random encounters. It was very cliched, but yes, the random encounters. If Tiddles was here, he would be yeah. throwing fits. I, it, if Tiddles were here, he would be lamenting the fact that the Dreamcast killed Sega. Well, that too. <laughs> but don't blame me, I played it on GameCube. Yeah, same Guys here. Arcadia you know. <laughs> was a great little RPG. had a lot going for it. And mostly, I don't even care if they call it something else. I just want to see a, a modern RPG about sky pirates exploring islands and hunting, well, bounce, chasing bounce. So there was a GameCube release to that? Oh, there yeah. was a GameCube release to that. They improved it too, I think, didn't they? Wasn't there like a wait time issue in the first one? Or Everything uh, is better on the GameCube than the Dreamcast. Uh, <laughs> um, the audio and visuals are, are way crisper on the Dreamcast, but the GameCube took all the online BS on the Dreamcast and sort of made it, and made it built in and added a bunch of extra encounters and dungeons. That uh, Well, like one extra dungeon and a bunch of extra encounters. So, I, yeah. think it's a, I like that Please. Again, uh, part of the reason why I liked Vagrant Story a lot was that sort of the sort of medieval French type feel of it. I think that's one thing about Skies of Arcadia that really is, yeah, it's not so much like like the plot, sure, and that kind of thing, but it's more of like just the really neat feel of you know island arpeggio, like sky island arpeggio, of course. But you mean arpeggio? Sort of, what did I want? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah you said oh yeah, I said arpeggio. Oh <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's what I was well, trying to say, anyhow. <laughs> all the different areas in Skies of Arcadia have a sense of place. It's um like the uh like the Islander area has this great sort of Peruvian flute music going through it. The uh it's like every region and all the t- towns really seem lively and unique, and it's yeah. it, it, it's an it's an unusually optimistic RPG because it's about just a crew of pirates searching for adventure, for the most part. So it's um except it's an, for when it, you get to the. Except yeah. for when you get to the island under the yellow sun where everyone is Asian and the people are called yin and yang. And then you that's, feel really awkward. <laughs> no, no, that, that's the blue sun. The yellow sun is the evil Spanish... Like, oh, yes, 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 I'm sorry. People. Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 it's... Um, I, I guess the red sun, blue sun, and green sun areas could be construed as super racist. But... <laughs> oh, without going into detail... <laughs> Come on. So one thing that Skies of Arcadia did that I wish more <laughs> games would do, Kaylin agrees with me, uh, <laughs> I wish that more games would have dynamic music like the boss fights did. Yes. yes. I loved yes. that. That was really, really nice touch. If you're dying, all of a sudden it gets freaky, and if you're winning, it's super happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the music in that game was top-notch. Yeah. Well, how about you then, Neil? What's your, uh, what's your desired sequel? Um, I would have to say Bastion. Um, I don't. I think that counts as a cult game too, doesn't it? I would think so. Yeah. It's yeah. Not... There's a theme we've got going here. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Really, cult games are the ones that don't get milked for money. You know, yeah. just a bunch of cultists. Happy, happy, blue, blue. Um, blue. The really nice thing about Bastion is just the gameplay was so solid, and that's really all I would be looking for in a sequel. I don't know if there's anywhere they could possibly go with the story. Like, it felt like a very complete tale in kind of a complete universe. But just that gameplay was phenomenal, and the game wasn't long enough. Like, it was about 15 hours, I think, and just, it felt so full. And it's nice when I leave a game wanting more and not like, okay, I'm glad that's over. Like, I'm glad I'm done with that. I'm not going to touch it. When I finished Bastion, the first thing I wanted to do was just start a new game right away. And... I would love to be able to do that with you know a new adventure, but kind of in the same play style. Uh, I know that Supergiant is working on a game, like another game, and I think they're a fairly you know, small studio. Or, you know, they don't have a whole lot of games out. They might not have anything beyond Bastion, but it's not a strict sequel. But I think it might be similar. And I know the same guy is narrating it, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, that game. I'm not familiar with Bastion at all. Bastion. I'm not familiar with it at all. Could you say a bit more about it, just in general, maybe? Yeah, so it's a game that is narrated like as you're going through. So you're the kid, and you're kind of going through this universe. And so, like, it's, so like Final Fantasy X. Um, uh, <laughs> well, it's, no, an it's, isometric, it's an isometric action game that looks like really, really nice-looking SNES graphics. Yeah. A, Maybe a little bit higher than that, but yeah. Um, but like, but like no, it's not a retrospective product. like 10. It's, it's narrated by somebody unrelated to the story. Well, no, that's not true, but <laughs> uh, in terms of how the gameplay works, it's, it's I guess, what, action RPG? It's not as RPG as other games, though. It's more action. It's a lot of fun. You should play it, but I know you won't. When, when did it come out? I don't... Uh, uh, it came out, I think, t- uh, 2011? Yeah. Okay, so and it's, it's, it's Yeah, it's on almost every system. You can get it on... Uh, on, I think well, it's definitely 360 and PC. Maybe other stuff too. 360 PC, Mac, Windows. You can literally play it on the Google Chrome browser. It's on iOS. 
So you, I mean, you actually have a reasonable hope then, unlike Laz and I. <laughs> I mean, all I really want is a game made by the same team. Uh, and Transistor is the not the sequel, but the you know another game by Supergiant that's coming out. Yeah, so, I think you're getting it. I think so, Transistor's. Co- we're, we're getting it. Shut up. Yeah, you we're shut up. Like six, we're getting that in like six months. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they had a playable build of it at PAX East. Uh, I didn't actually try it, but I did walk past the booth and see people playing Transistor. Yeah, I had another buddy that was there, and he said it looked awesome. The the one thing about Bastion I really liked a lot, I mean, aside from the sort of the nature of the world that was building as you walked through it, uh, was the, uh, the crazy variety of weapons and weapon customization. There's, I think, around a dozen weapons... Each of them has multiple points that you can customize how you, and tweak them. And uh, you can use two of them at a time and then have different and perform different combos and special moves depending on your combo. Yeah. It's, it's great. I, I, I love just experimenting with weapon combinations. And you can get more you know, upgrade points by completing kind of little battlefields yeah, little, or like, not really little puzzles, arena stages. But arenas. Yeah, perfect. I did all of them just because. Once you have enough of those, uh, you know, weapon points for all the things. Shut up, Cap. Once you have enough of the weapon points, it becomes a lot easier to complete them later on in the game. And I, I like to complete everything, so. It, it, Bastion's great. You guys should play it if you haven't. Yep. Josh, you're up. Yes. Yes, I am. And I'm going to very much continue this cult games thing and say that the game that most needs a sequel... Barney, speak and sell. <laughs> Half-Life 2! Oh. <laughs> Wait, are you actually saying that? I am absolutely saying that. Oh, that was a joke. No, I I really am saying that because, uh, you know, bottom line is, I think for a lot of people, especially those who are not console FPS players, the Half-Life series has time and again given the best sort of single-player, story-driven experience that an FPS game can do. And the fact that we have not had a new one in, like, six years especially with the cliffhanger that the series was left on, is it's a crime against nature. Yeah. And I know I'm kicking a horse here because you know everybody and their brother wants a Half-Life sequel if they've played any of the Half-Life games ever. But it's something that you know the gaming world deserves more than anything. <laughs> is, is Valve just not making that just to be, just to be evil or something? Or like... You, you never really get a straight answer out of them, I yeah. don't think. Well, you never really um, begin with, but... <laughs> well, now, you know, Gabe Newell is uh, the troll king, so... Yeah. I mean, the thing that I always appreciate about Valve is they don't release until something is really well done, and yeah. I get the sense that they probably are working on this, but because it's expected to be their opus, they are putting a lot more time into it. That's Which the is truth com- that I believe to be true. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that would be a completely fair judgment to make too because the, you know the expectations for this are really high the problem is that they get higher every year that there's no new game right. and if they are working on it they really should at least say something you know they're kind of denying it whenever they're really put to the sword for information on it and I don't really see what that gains them in the long run are they going to just show up and drop this game sometime that would be awesome in its own way, but it just doesn't really make sense to do it that way when you know that there are so many people that are really, really wanting the game. Yeah. Uh, especially with that leak recently, or that theoretical leak. Again, we're dealing with you know 
awesome gaming trolls here. But with that uh, that news that perhaps Left 4 Dead 3 is underway, Ooh. and oh, you hadn't heard about that? No. Mm, um, heard some that. folks were doing a tour of Valve headquarters. And um, something that's kind of trendy to do in development studios, uh, we've actually kicked around at my job doing something very similar, in fact, is to have a uh, big TV or light board or something that kind of indicates what people are working on, what code people are checking in, stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. And uh, there was a check-in message into their um, source control repository saying that something was a bug fix for Left 4 Dead 3. <laughs> and these guys that were doing the tour saw it, and managed to get a cell phone photo of it. So right now the rumor is that Left 4 Dead 3 is under development, which would both be awesome, because Left 4 Dead is awesome, but also just one more slap in the face to the people who are waiting for a Half-Life sequel. What is wrong with you? <laughs> He's speaking to the cat, in case you all okay, could not hear I, I was about to go on a very long essay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a hole with no bottom, no matter who you ask. Mm -hmm. Nar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, so I, well, I, I guess we're finished being positive, aren't we? Yeah, and I've still got the mic, so I'm just going to go ahead and get my other one sure. out of the way. All right, so <laughs> since I went last. tell us what you don't want to ever have a sequel. Or what should See, not have what... had a sequel. Yeah, that That's the problem, is that I'm not... My argument here is not that these games should never have sequels, but that they should not have as many sequels. And the full answer is any yearly sports game. <laughs> any yearly sports game. I don't care if it's Madden, NCAA football, FIFA, uh, football manager, whatever it is, the fact that we have to buy a full price version every single year is one of the most cynical things that I think the gaming industry does. And, you know, you can point a lot of fingers at EA, but maybe it's more them recently, because they're pretty much the only people cranking out really big-name sports games nowadays. Uh, I, it's just, just so, so cynical to me that the features that they put in each new version, Stupid. yeah, they put in new features, but, but so they all... Yeah, so many of them seem iterative. And uh, FIFA 12 was a good example of really changing things up. And I think that they should work to change things up like that. That What I'm speaking to specifically is the ball control methodology and the defending methodology that were in FIFA 12. But there's no reason that you can't execute those kinds of changes every other year. Yeah. And also make available things like the new uh, jerseys, new team kits, new rosters. Those things could be made paid DLC, and people would gladly pay for them because that's mostly what they're paying for in all these yearly iterations. So the company could still make a fair chunk of change, but they could do it while still keeping a lot of player goodwill that they lose by expecting people to buy a virtually similar game every 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I don't play them either, but just seeing people buy them year after year just seems silly to me. And I don't know if there's a big group of people that does that, but like, if the only change to your actual game, for example, is Matt and Madden is the roster, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, like I say, every once in a while they throw out something that's pretty awesome. Like, uh, I, I've heard that the changes, again, in FIFA 12 were really good. Um, I desperately, and I never did, but I desperately wanted to get... Um, that first NCAA football game where they first had the team generator. 
you can only do those kinds of big things every couple years, and that's what they're doing. So in the off years, you are pretty much just getting the same game again. For a couple of years there, I got, I would get the game each year, and then I just, you know, you realize at some point in your life, like, this is the dumbest thing of all time. Um, and in terms of buying sports games myself, I think the only one I ever bought was MLB 2003. But yeah, I, I basically <laughs> agree with you. I don't really buy the sports games because two of my friends in particular buy all of them or at least the basketball, football, and wrestling <laughs> ones. And we'll always mess around with those. But So you get hand-me-downs. Perfect. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, not really. really they, they trade in the old <laughs> versions for 11 cents or however much it is. Yeah, and then GameStop <laughs> turns around and tries to sell it for like 30 bucks or something. Oh, yeah, no, it's a racket. <laughs> there. Don't like, even. who's going to do that? Well, that's why every game should have a sequel, because then it drives down the used cost of last year's game. Yeah, All right, who's, ne- who's next on rejecting a sequel? Jeffrey. No. <laughs> I went first. That means I go last. I went first. I just went first. Were you not listening? I went first the first time. I mean, all right. All right well, we're doing reverse draft what? order, so that means I think I exactly. Neil goes next. I forgot yeah. what mine is. Right. <laughs> it's Fable. Can we never have any more Fables, please? The first one was fun, and then the second one was not as fun, and then the third right. one oh. makes me so so angry every time I see it listed in my Steam games. <laughs> like. It's just not good. That Why do you have it in your Steam games? It's not good at all. What's that? Why do you have it in your Steam games? Because I bought it because I liked the original two, and then like oh, I was hoping that they would take the mistakes from two and correct them, but instead they amplified. <laughs> they took the wrong. That... They took the things they did they okay in two and made them bad. <laughs> yes, and they took the things that were good and made them bad, and they took the things that were bad and made them worse. Like sounds like a winner. Uh, I played it, as I said, on, on Steam, and then I went on Suicide Watch because it was so not fun. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair to the game, it didn't make me want to kill myself until I was about two or three hours in. And then, oh well, sure, they, they got to sink the hooks before they make you kill themselves, or else you're not going to get any money out of people. <laughs> I was going to come in with the joke uh, joke answer of we shouldn't have a sequel to Curiosity, uh, which uh... was Peter Mullins' game of digging into the thing. Uh, and then the joke was that the sequel would be the game that that guy gets to be god of. Uh, ha, 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 ha. But then that made me think about Peter Molyneux himself, and then that made me think of Fable, which made me sad. Uh, <laughs> no more Fables, please. Unless you can do it right. Well, but I know no, you can't. We want so more don't. Fables, just no no, no more Fable. See, that, a, little bit of a, a little comic book joke hmm. there. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing, looking back on it now, like, did they just get... Com- I mean, clearly, given the last two games, they're not capable of, of doing whatever it was they did the first time. So do we have to just chalk up the first fable as a complete accident? Or or did the team <laughs> change a lot? Or I, I don't know. I'm guessing it's team or the thought that they could pump it out without a, much additional thought. But I really don't have an answer to that question. Um, if Fable 1 was the accident, it was a happy accident because I did really like that game. Yeah, I would much yeah. rather go with the world view that the bad ones were the accident. <laughs> just because that's how I like to think about people in <laughs> Yeah, that's how I tend to think about your family. I, I assume that your sister was the happy accident, and then you were the bad accident. <laughs> we were both accidents. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. Okay, so it's my turn. Do I still sound like I'm in Eastern Europe? Yeah, uh-huh. we've given up yep. the ghost on that one, I think. Just shut up and talk. Alright, well, I'll, I guess I'll talk about Prince of Persia a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Josh was talking about Assassin's Creed 2 earlier in the podcast, and I think that Prince of Persia, with its, you know, parkouring around ruins and and killing 
Middle Eastern sand demons is has basically been replaced by Assassin's Creed in, in uh, Ubisoft's oeuvre. And the last yeah. Prince of Persia we got was in 2010. Um, the that early 2000s trilogy was pretty good. The 2008 and 2010 ones were okay. And if they brought it back, then they'd probably have to start with a new origin story and with things like Assassin's Creed and and Tomb Raider and games where everyone can jump and climb like Prince like like every Prince of Persia game. I don't think we really need one, especially since we have to start basically start over again. Well, I've I've heard good things about the reboot. But really, they probably could have stopped after Sands of Time. Uh, <laughs> it's um, that trilogy is weird. Uh, Sands of Time was awesome, but it had te- Sands of Time is a brilliant, yeah, brilliant but it had, game. It's a shame Tittles isn't yeah, here. It now. had terrible combat though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so the the second one had really interesting combat, but a terrible tone and a boring castle. Yeah, I couldn't even get involved in the second one. And the the second one annoyed me so much that even though I've been told that uh, Two Thrones got it is a good. little bit better, it is better. Um, I just couldn't bother. Yeah, I, I, was, I always thought that trilogy was interesting because each one represents like a progression of ideas and listening and responding to criticism. It's like they improved the combat after the first one. They made the, they yeah, made they, the third they one too... more like the first one. It's... Yeah, they listened too much <laughs> to the criticism, I think. Right, but, um, the, any, but the ones after that, the 08 and 2010 ones, were okay, maybe not great. They looked gorgeous, but that was about it. And I think now, if they were to bring Prince of Persia back, because it's not really on the forefront of any of uh, of what Ubisoft's doing, and and Assassin's Creed on the surface plays so much like yeah, it would, like it would be Persia, very difficult to differentiate. It'd have to it'd have to, it'd have to put forward the big marketing push and start over, and I don't think that's worth it. So I think they should just let Prince of Persia alone. Which of the trilogy, the Sands of Time trilogy, which uh, had the Dahaka that chased you through? A whole bunch of different. Uh, that's kind the second. Uh, that's the second one. Areas. That's the second one. But in the third one, uh, the version of you that eventually t- turns into the Dahaka teams up with you. So I only played the second one. Then I actually really enjoyed it. The, see, the thing that did it for me on the first, uh, like Lance <clears> said, the the combat can get pretty repetitive, especially towards the end. But the storyline and the way that it's presented as again you know like an actual story with uh narration kind of like what we were talking about uh 20 minutes ago it's just done so so well that you know you could you could have made the other two games in the trilogy you know just made of magic and i think i'd probably still prefer sands of time yeah sands of time is 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 delightful and but uh warrior within like takes that sort of storybookness and goes like half really too so gr- so deliberately gritty that it comes across as like <laughs> abrasive like oh man man st- yeah you're going to hurt your mouth with all that growling i can wrap up sands of time into one phrase no 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 <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's not, not what not happened. happened right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's it's such <laughs> a perfect storytelling mechanism for a video game it's I just can't believe nobody came up with that. Yeah, before. for those not in the know, whenever you die, um, uh, the main character, the prince, who's narrating the story. Wait, wait, no, no, that, that's not what happened. Here, this is how it actually happened, and then you go back to the check. Because, yeah. because when you die, uh, you tend to have to use your sands of time to rewind time to get back to the position where you screwed up. So, in terms of saying it as a narrative, you know, the the, the prince narrating his own story said, "No, wait." I remembered that wrong. <laughs> yeah. 
and then the player goes back. It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I remember it's the first time I played that, I thought that was really neat. But basically, just back to my original point, uh, it's been three years since the last Prince of Persia game, and I don't think we really need another one, because that, that trilogy stands pretty well on its own, and Sands of Time is the one that everyone likes, and for good reason. Um, how about, uh, so the, the, two, the two recent ones then, should those have not happened, do you think? I mean, I know um, that you're not entirely against them, but do you think that the series maybe would have been better without them? Or? Uh, well, um, the, the first one, which was of those two new ones, is just called Prince of Persia, but people call it oh, Prince of Persia 08 because it came out in 2008. It's, it's really weird. It's one of the most gorgeous uh, games of around that time. But it, uh, it it's it's like its combat and its puzzles are sort of easy and repetitive, and it uh, it, it had the really awful thing of having a sort of incomplete and open ended ending with uh, like a fifteen dollar DLC add on to get the real ending. Mm-hmm. So that that left a bad taste in people's mouth, and I I guess I would have been okay if neither of them had existed, but especially since it. Uh, since the series sort of ended on a whimper, and everyone goes back to Sands of Time as being the really good one, I I think that Ubisoft is basically done with it, and if they brought it back again, they'd have to probably start from the beginning, and I don't think I want to play the prince rescuing the princess origin story again. Very well. Well, uh, looks like it's my turn then. Um, I'm tempted to say, only half-jokingly, Super Smash Brothers Brawl, because anything without Master Hand as the ultimate uh, character in that universe is is simply heretical. I refuse to play Brawl on those lines. Uh, it is heresy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> my, my more serious answer, I guess, would be uh, James Bond video games. Oh. It's... Huh. It doesn't. It only half counts, I suppose, because the series has changed hands and changed teams so much. But the thing is, just as a whole, there really, there was a time when James Bond games were, you know, really, you know, at sort of the top of, of, uh, of the sort of shooter universe, I guess, um, or at least the multiplayer universe. I think. I mean, yeah. certainly when you had like Goldeneye, of course, was huge. Um, Maybe not as much. World is not enough. But I think uh, Agent Underfire was like tons of people. At least a lot of people that I know of did a lot of multiplayer with that. And same with uh, with Nightfire as well. I um, I loved the James Bond game for PlayStation Two. That was uh, it, everything was or nothing. That game play- that game is awesome. Oh, oh, you liked that? Okay. I loved everything or nothing. But I was. <laughs> See, and for me, that's the one where it started kind of going downhill because I didn't care for the multiplayer on that one. Well, I I only played the cared about the single player. I mean, okay. but I I didn't really have uh, I didn't play a lot of GoldenEye, and I, I know a lot of people really from that GoldenEye sort of lineage would play uh, James Bond for multiplayer, and I wasn't one of those. Yeah, and that's like basically in it was really well done. I thought in. Nightfire and Agent Under Fire as well. I mean, I don't really need to talk much about Goldeneye, of course, but I would argue that those two are still games that are sort of, uh, sort of in the you know in the spotlight in terms of, of shooters. Yeah, everything or nothing. I, I did feel like it had a good campaign, but the multiplayer I was kind of disappointed with. I guess, and then I guess the Bond series. It would be nice if they just kind of cut it for a little while. 
if you they, if they make another Bond game, it has to be done, you know, it has to be completely regenerative. You've got to come at it and go, someone has to pump, like, basically a lot of money into development to make sure they do a lot with it, have some really innovative gameplay ideas. I mean, in my opinion, that bring in sort of the traditional Bond aspects of gadgets or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a shame. I mean, it. you know, it's one of those things that, okay, you've had a lot of them now and they're clearly not going anywhere. You need to sort of pull the plug and maybe completely revitalize it, come at it with something fresh and preferably a lot of cash <laughs> uh, or just kind of let it go for a bit. All right. Yeah. Does anybody else have any other thoughts about any of the games that we spoke about today at any time in any way? I hate you. <laughs> maybe I should... Try, My child says no. Maybe I should try this story <laughs> again now that I'm, you know, 27 instead of 14. Should try oh, vagrant story. I highly recommend it. I, I own a copy, but I really—it's been sitting there and on the shelf for ages. Well, wait, you're you're a fan of grinding every now and then, aren't you, lads? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I just I didn't want to get you confused. I mean, because I think. Okay, good because he just got your cell phone number from chat. Oh, no. because uh... <laughs> no, I. <laughs> oh, God, Are you gonna be cool. soliciting me for grinding or something? Well, you're in Hungary, so I don't know if I can really make it over there anytime soon. He's going to be on Grinder. Oh yeah. Uh, I just. I... I just remember having a really difficult time with it the first time I played it, so I've ignored it for a decade and a half. <laughs> I banish you <laughs> for the next decade. Uh, so I gotta stay in Hungary? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Unless you want to come, if you promise to come back for the next podcast, then the banishment will be will be lifted. Is anybody worried about? Is anybody? Everything constantly. <laughs> I, I should. I, I want to bring up why I suggested this topic because, um, uh, again, as we confirmed earlier, I'm a Capcom slut, and uh, in the yeah, 2000s uh, and 90s, Capcom's series of RPGs was Breath of Fire, and Breath of Fire 6 was recently announced a couple weeks ago, but it ended up being a cell phone and browser social RPG. Oh no. Which I know, and it, and it, it wasn't called Breath of Fire social game. It was Breath of Fire Six. Made me. I mean, I'm I'm a moderate Breath of Fire fan. I really liked the second and third one, and I played a little bit of the fourth one and liked it okay. But it it made. I'm not even a Breath of Fire fan, and that made me sad. It's like I I would like to see old series come back and make a strong showing, but that's the opposite of what I wanted to see happen. Yeah, I feel that way about uh, Final Fantasy All the Bravest. Yeah. I think they <laughs> did everything they needed to do with that game, and they really shouldn't put out a sequel. I was going to say, we didn't even... The one game that we didn't... Or the one series, I guess, that we didn't mention that that usually does come up in the, sort of the Square Enix discussions of this, either for one side or the other side of the discussion, um, is, of course, uh, the Chrono series. Oh. If you want to call it a series... Some people would object huh. to that, of course. It, yeah, you'd think we would have missed duology. that. Or would not have I mean, missed you, that. Because you could put it really... I mean, there are people, of course, that argue for it on either side. I think we should start our own sequel and see how that goes. <laughs> letters, and and love that. letters are already in the mail. They already know. <laughs> they know everything. <laughs> but yeah, that's... 
I, I actually thought that you were going to say Final Fantasy when you started that. Well, I was going to say if, if Tittles is if Tittles was here, he would he would say that's the one that needs to die. But uh, yeah, one of the one of the writers on Wired yeah. magazine wrote a lengthy article explaining why Final Fantasy should just give up, and I'm like, wow, did they smuggle Tittles in from overseas or something? <sighs> okay, look, if you're still, I don't care what you say is happening. If you're still selling as many copies as Final Fantasy 13 is, obviously you're doing something. Something they're doing is printing the name Final Fantasy on the box. That's that, and that's certainly true as well. I suppose that, that's certainly arguable, but I don't know. I guess in the Chrono department, I would. I mean, obviously, I think we're all fairly optimistic about the Final Fantasy series, whether or not, whether or not uh, we want to be. I think we're all guilty of still sort of liking it, <laughs> liking the new games. I is. guess. I mean, I know Neil I loves the, like, the Final Fantasy thirteen games and. I do. Yeah, I, I have Josh zero does. guilt yeah. about that. We are shameless appreciators of the new stuff. But, yeah. uh, and if you don't like it, fine, but whatever. I don't yeah, and I guess like I guess that's what I meant by Final Fantasy thirteen, saying not so much the sales, but the idea that there are uh, still a fair number of people, namely at least the three of us, if not Laz. I just haven't played them. I'm neutral on that. Well, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that that is what they should be doing. But I'm also not going to sit here and say that that is not what they should not be doing. <laughs> you yeah. know, and if if that's the direction that they want to take that series, you know, more power to them. And the games that I like in that series, I'll play. And the ones that I don't like, I won't. But at least I feel like they're doing it in a mostly genuine way. Yeah. Like they genuinely feel that a sequel to Final Fantasy 13 and then a second sequel to Final Fantasy 13, they they genuinely feel that those are what they want to be doing and they're not doing it solely as a cash grab. Okay. I've presented when people say that something is just a cash grab because every single video game ever made is a cash grab. Well, first of all. <laughs> not yeah, my RPG them. Maker 2000 game Desire for Power. Okay. That's, that's a total cop-out answer, though, Laz, because, I mean, yeah, that that also means that me getting up and going to work in the morning is a cash grab. Yeah, of yeah. course I do it for the money, but it's not like, yeah. you know, the, there's there's varying yes. levels to it. And I think I think it's more of the connotation, the denotation yeah. that you should be taking issue with. And I think, I think sure, too, there's a but... difference between you're making Final Fantasy titles and, you know, whether or not you think that the new ones are going in the right direction or not. I mean, like Josh said, they genuinely think that this is the direction that they genuinely think that this is sort of what they want to be doing. And it's not something that's, I mean, I don't think you can, it would be hard to argue that the newer titles are, are like, you know, somehow dragging the series through the mud in the way no, that no, they I, argued I, for. I, like, I, I uh, what's the series that you were saying last? That's on mobile for its sixth uh, Breath of Fire? Uh, Breath of Fire, yeah. I mean, that's, Breath of Fire. I mean, that's sort of you know, spitting on the series. I mean, Final Fantasy yeah, has you know, done that. I'm not suggesting that Final Fantasy has lost its soul the way other people might be suggesting when they say that a game, oh, that game's just a cash grab. All right, I haven't played Final Fantasy 13, but clearly uh, it, it, it's not like it blew the, the, um, the doors open on Japanese RPGs and Square Enix had to start racing to make sequels because the public demanded it. So it's like they had a clear vision and a and a clear direction for what they wanted to do, and they made it, and they followed through making those games as such. I think that people use the term cash grab when they just mean, oh, I didn't like this game, and that's yeah, silly. That happens a lot. Yeah, you're probably quite right about that. 
and I'm probably defending Squeenix's practices more than I really should be in this case. Yeah, we tend to. That's what I meant by optimistic. <laughs> you, you also yeah, mentioned that, all the that infernal optimism, the curse. Yeah, but I meant that with all sincerity, Neil. All the bravest is a phenomenal game. <laughs> so why don't we all say good night? Good night. Good night. It's it's like midnight over here in Hungary. It should be probably past midnight, shouldn't it? Let's not try to figure shut it out. Up, Let's DB, not try to figure it out. Shut. Oh my god. I lived in Europe for a year. Everything is literal. <laughs> oh, now he's actually speaking Hungarian. Oh no. <laughs> Bye, guys. And gals, maybe. Bye. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, we're glad to be back from Hiatus, and uh, hopefully we'll be back on schedule again soon. Bye, yes, Kayla. Yours, 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 yours. <laughs> hey, goodbye. <laughs> yes, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> 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 in the saddle again that wraps up this week's concast thanks a lot for listening as always and be sure to let us know that you're listening because we like to know that people are listening you can find us at cavesofnarsh.com or on facebook twitter youtube twitch any number of places also under caves of narsh today you're listening to the ancient castle theme from final fantasy 2 the dawn of souls edition on your way out once again thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again soon Thank you.